0: Squeaky toys, squeaky toys.
1: Can I <laughs> what say is sh- that? Is that my safe word, squeaky toy? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast,
0: David, for the last time.
1: Well, it could be. In your dreams. Well <laughs>
0: I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and I'm glad you are here listening today. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, David Rossetti. Say hello, Mr. Rossetti!
1: Hello, Mr. Rossetti! Hey. Never gets old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not for us anyway. Well, it eventually will. How
1: are you doing, Haney? I am good. Haney. Yeah. How are you doing? Are you Haney? living are you living laughing loving? Living laughing, and loving. Oh. I'm gonna put it on a on a piece of driftwood from Home Goods <laughs> and Make it a thing,
0: and then we'll sell them for forty five dollars a piece in an antique On Etsy, shop. Etsy. Uh, Living and learning, new podcast by Reba McIntyre. Everyone, uh,
1: check it With out, y'all.
0: Co-host Melissa
1: Peterman must say, Peterman, it's, it's, Peterman. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty magical to hear oh, her, kind of Reba off the cuff. That's what I think is probably my favorite thing. Well, and
0: her first guest, Mr. Leslie Jordan.
1: Mr. Leslie Jordan,
0: love that. Second guest, Dolly Parton.
1: Yes. Yes, that Dolly Parton.
0: That Dolly Parton. My goodness, you guys, we did it. We put our podcast into the world. Actually, the same week as Reba, which wasn't planned at all. Um, If you're listening going, what is this Reba stuff? I'm a huge Reba McIntyre fan. But anyway, thank you to all of you. But wait, how huge? How many concerts?
1: Are you really putting me on? Yep. Mm -hmm. How many concerts?
0: Fine. With pride, I've seen Reba McIntyre in concert 27 times. 27. Including her Broadway stint, Annie Get Your Gun. But anyways... I will get back to where where I was, which was to thank everyone for listening and all of your your warm response last week. It really meant so much to us. And you're popping up in the Vegan Roadie DMs and just saying lots of great, wonderful things to us. We really appreciate it. It means the world.
1: Yeah. I I mean, when we kind of dreamt this up and put it out in the world, you just kind of like never know what the reaction is going to be or... You know, but the, but it's been it's been really really great. Um, uh, but we did want to address a couple things just because some of these uh, interviews we recorded way back in June. Uh yes. So some things have shifted and changed, or we we just kind of wanted to give you.
0: Yeah, we didn't mention that last week on any of those uh, intros and outros. We didn't say, "Hey guys, these were recorded months ago." Um, so we just kind of wanted to give you some context. Um, and it, it, like it in the Miyoko one. <laughs> There's like a disconnect because in the intro, David, you referred to her as the Madonna of vegan food. And And I stand by it. Oh, absolutely. And later in the interview, which again was recorded months previously, I referred to her as the Dolly Parton of vegan food. Both accurate. Yeah, both very accurate. And clearly we think that uh, Miyoko's got a food
1: Grammy coming her way. So it's maybe going to be a new category. If not, it should be. because i want to vote for that um so and you guys have been quick uh to question dustin's mention of a six-tiered cake that he made on food network (laughs) Uh,
0: yes 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 yes. i misspoke i meant a six layered two-tiered cake which is still very very tall y'all and i do almost drop it on the show but i wanted to clear it up it was actually not six tiers it was six layers
1: very in the cake world that's that's a lot. That's a considerable difference. Um, and then also uh, your your Oshkosh microphone what? reference. Oh, um, Oshkosh was the clothing. Oshkosh, Oshkosh, Oshkosh is Oshkosh? Oshkosh clothing. Oshkosh, Oshkosh,
0: Oshkosh. is clothing. Yes, I I meant I meant to say Fisher Price. We were talking on one of the episodes about how David does all the tech stuff, and thank goodness for him, or else there wouldn't be a podcast because I just want a microphone like back in the day, like a Fisher Price child microphone child friendly microphone that you can just press the on button and i said oshkosh microphone i meant fisher price microphone okay
1: and actually we've gotten him a fisher price microphone it's uh, red <laughs> blue and yellow i also it's want it for that very the color, nice the, color. the
0: colors i like cause... colors i like bright colors mine's
1: boring and black and silver um and then i guess probably kind of the the biggest thing we kind of wanted to come out in front of and mention is that um Miyoko and Ellen DeGeneres like had a partnership and this was kind of before all the allegations oh, we talk about, about it. The show. Yeah, we talk about it um the partnership in that. and so you know that was kind of before that happened so
0: yeah who knows what we would have said on the yeah. episode had if, if those things had been out in the open um but you know. Neither here nor there. I just wanted to clear up when the a podcast was recorded in regards to when we were releasing them. It was a little, you know, beforehand. Yeah. And I think that clears it up. We should get into this week's guest, Natalie Slater, is on this week of the popular blog Bake and Destroy.
1: And this is uh, one of the ones that we recorded in June. Ha! Yes. So. so there. Yep.
0: Now you know it. We've we've let you know this was recorded in June. I love this woman. I did a book tour stop in Chicago last year with my book Epic Vegan, and uh, she was so good to me. I enlisted her services, which she was so generous to give. She helped me on a morning TV show that I did, styled the set and everything. And then she came with me uh, all afternoon. She just, like, showed me around Chicago. We went to Upton's Break Room, um, which, of course, is attached to Upton's Naturals, and she works for Upton Naturals. And then we went to Pie Pie My Darling. Shout out to Pie Pie My Darling. It's the best vegan baked goods in Chicago. Just blew my mind. And for dinner, we had Alice and Friends.
1: So it was... uh... More of a, a eating tour than a book tour.
0: <laughs> hey, is what it sounds like. I mean, hey, that's why I'm there, right? Vegan food. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was, and and no shame. But okay. what's interesting is I'm not taking to those as kindly as I have in years previous. As I'm getting older. Uh, consuming that much food in a day's time is not really what I should be doing. Everyone around me is able to like take small bites and slow down and maybe take some for later. But I was totally full by the time we got to dinner at Alice and Friends. And I still got an appetizer because they had the crab rangoon on the
1: menu. Uh You can't say no to a crab rangoon. No,
0: you can't say no to crab rangoon. And then I had like a full bowl for dinner. I I can't remember what it was, but it was like spicy and delicious and full of vegetables. Um, And Allison Friends has something for everyone. It was amazing. A lot of Asian inspired dishes, but it branches out into other stuff. So it's definitely worth a try when you're in Chicago.
1: Yeah, you'll have to take me there because I mean, I don't... Was that there? I don't know. Back I had we not there?
0: heard of it until, and we've been to Chicago together many times. So I, I'm surprised it hadn't been on our radar before. But that was the first I'd ever heard of it. But yes, yet that and Pie Pie, my darling, and Upton's Break Room, we got to take you to.
1: And is Upton was that Upton's Break Room? Was that their actual break room? Yeah. Or, well, like, no.
0: Good question. It's not their. I'm, though I'm sure, maybe I'm sure the employees from Upton's Naturals eat at Upton's Break Room, but um, it is a cafe attached to Upton's Naturals.
1: Oh, well, that's cool. Well, and and for those um, who are maybe new on their our vegan journey or not quite sure what Upton's Naturals um, are, so they produce kind of ready to eat uh, seitan's um, uh, jackfruit uh, up dogs, kind of their version of hot dogs. Um, they are releasing some soups this fall. Uh, I saw,
0: isn't that amazing?
1: It's amazing. That... Well, and to me, um, when they gave you some, some uh, I don't know if they were already out in the public, but the ready they have ready to make meal or ready to Boop. Ready? made meals. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. there. And it's like, it comes in a box and it's like mac and cheese or see mm, yeah, ew, And you just yeah, kind of so like heat it they up and thai it's delicious. Too. Yeah. And
0: so, and so easy to
1: make. So easy to make. They also have a fish substitute made out of banana blossoms. Oh,
0: yeah. I haven't Bananas. Tried Bananas. I haven't tried Bananas. The, the fish substitute made out of banana blossoms yet, but I'm very, very interested uh, in doing that. But imagine a company like this making all of this innovative vegan food and it has a cafe attached to it. Like it's amazing. that's just crazy. And and they just opened a donut shop called Liberation Donuts, so Chicago is lucking out when it comes to having Upton's Naturals, and Upton's is certainly lucking out when it comes to having Natalie Slater. She is a blogger and the author of the cookbook, Bake and Destroy, Good Food for Bad Vegans. She heads up marketing for Upton's Naturals, as well as their two Chicago restaurants, Upton's Breakroom and Liberation Donuts. So when you're scrolling that Upton's Naturals Insta, that's all Natalie. All her. Mm -hmm. and natalie started the bacon destroy blog in 2006 while on maternity leave bacon destroy features original vegan recipes influenced by punk rock heavy metal junk food and maybe a bit of pro wrestling (laughs) which we talk about in the interview just a just a pinch just a skosh uh occasionally natalie will interview chefs indie designers and other interesting folks for the blog as well she has appeared on several tv shoes shoes TV shoes? I love a good TV shoe. Ooh, can, <laughs> size nine. can you turn on my favorite t- TV shoe? Oh, I'd like a new pair of TV shoes, please. She has appeared on several TV shows on the Food Network, The Cooking Channel, and WTTW Chicago tonight. We get into a very interesting conversation, uh, kind of off the gut about Food Network, and I'm kind of excited for everyone to hear it.
1: Yeah, she, she really kind of gives us a behind-the-scenes. Oh, yes. behind the curtain look uh, yeah. Behind-the-curtain look and Food and Network.
0: And a couple other interesting reality tv things as well she spills the tea honey beyond tv natalie has appeared on the pages of time Out chicago and bust magazine she also has been fired from more reality tv shows than you can imagine her words not mine
1: (laughs) yeah she says that with with some pride
0: yes and we get into it in the interview so please welcome to the podcast
1: natalie slater
0: But uh, your icebreaker question is, if you were a wrestler, what would you be your entrance theme song?
2: Okay, my theme song would be <laughs> by L7, which is a really awesome 90s like grunge all-female band.
0: Love this. And look it up. the
2: song is Fast and Frightening.
0: Ah, I don't know the song, but I love that title. So I can only It's really that. great.
2: And I'm going to look it up. It's a song. It's like one... Woman singing a song about another woman who she just thinks is really cool and badass.
0: Ah, I love it. Have <laughs> you ever, have, have you, you have an interest in wrestling? Have you ever been a wrestler? Have you, like, where did the wrestling interest come from?
2: Um, well, I grew up watching wrestling, like right. most, most Midwestern kids who are, you know, grew up in the 80s, but um, later in life, like, right around my senior year in high school, I met the wrestler who wrote the intro to my book, CM Punk. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm about getting ready um, to talk about that.
2: Yeah. he. So, he grew up in Lockport. I grew up in Joliet. Those are cities that are, like, 15 minutes away from each other. So, we met at a party, um, just like a high school party, and um, it turned out that he... Had been doing like amateur wrestling, and all his friends were wrestlers, and so I started hanging around with them all the time. And so there's just like this big part of my life that all my friends were aspiring pro wrestlers, and then eventually one of them actually joined the WWE and became one of its biggest stars. And that's that's Phil who wrote the intro. So I love it. Um, yeah, it's just a. It's just like a weird, I don't, I don't watch it currently. So I don't know what is going on anymore, but definitely for a a big part of my life, it was like one of my main interests.
0: Well, I mean, you also mentioned, you know, Rhonda from USA Up all night. Yeah. I mean, you're not watching her anymore either. So it's just part of, you know, influence and history and where we've been. I love it, you know?
2: Exactly. That's actually one of the things that I'm like, and like now if I could go back, Oh gosh, I would name that recipe after almost anyone else. Cause <laughs> she really, <laughs> she really, uh, it turns out her politics and mine are very really? different from
0: each other. I have not even I where I don't even know where she is and what she's doing. I had no idea. I don't even remember any. I did watch USA up all night, but I didn't. Um, I don't remember what I ever watched movie wise. I remember her, but I don't remember yeah. any of the movies that I ever saw.
2: Oh, you probably saw Attack of the Killer
0: Tomatoes. That actually or- sounds familiar.
2: Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That was
0: the yes, and that was the first DVD that I owned, actually, and probably because <laughs> I saw it on USA up all night. Was Gilbert yeah. Godfrey a part of that? Am I remembering? Yes. That? There we yes. go. He was a host. Did yes. they host together?
2: Um, I don't think I don't know if they ever did it together. I know she was one, he was one, like there was some like, mm, like Billy Bob or Jim, I don't know, Jim Bob or
0: somebody. That's making sense. I think they
2: usually did it themselves though. They're like individual hosts.
0: But let's talk about a, a little bit about your history first. You know, how did, where did you grow up and what got you into baking and cooking to begin with?
2: Yeah. Well, I grew up in, um, in a city that's about an hour South of Chicago called, it's called Joliet. Um, not really a, It's a little too far away to be a suburb, but people that live there kind of consider themselves very, very far south side Chicagoans. Sure. So um, that's that's where I grew up. And my family moved for a really short couple of years to Arizona and then moved right back again. So I kind of just gloss over those years because (laughs) it was really fast. Um, But I... I don't know, I my, you know, both my parents work. So as the oldest child, I'm 5 years older than my sister and my my sister and brother are 18 months apart, so that's what we like to call Irish twins. And uh <laughs> So as the oldest kid, my job when I got home from school was usually to get something started for dinner, whether I was just like defrosting something or whatever. So I I was cooking from a pretty young age just from kind of being the oldest kid and taking care of my siblings. But I also really liked it because when my mom would bake for us, for like specifically, that was always like a special occasion. We weren't a family that always had like treats around necessarily. So it sure. was like Christmas or a birthday or something. And I always liked to help with that. So I've always been interested in what goes on in the kitchen
0: well and you said and there's a point in the book where you mention a dairy-free cake from your mom that she always made were you I know that not always vegan but was there a reason she was making a dairy-free cake for you or
2: um well I was vegan pretty young and early on in the 90s so there was a lot of uh improv that happens because people didn't really know what to make back then. But um, wait,
0: so you no, were like, vegan. Well, so I guess I'm, I, I'm trying to clarify for myself then. I feel like on the blog, there was a point where you were, it was not all vegan and then it went all yeah.
2: vegan. Yeah. I kind of went, I went back and forth a bit. So Got I you. I, okay. was, I was vegan in the nineties and then, and kind of, and stuck with it, like, for a pretty long time, like probably 10 years. And then I had a little period of time where I was traveling a lot with my boyfriend and like finding myself like starving all the time because there (laughs) weren't vegan restaurants. And I wasn't like, there was no way for me to like prepare or cook on the road, which now I feel like if I was in a position where I was going to be traveling, obviously I'm speaking to the vegan roadie. So you know something (laughs) about this. I would be like better prepared and I wouldn't like, there wouldn't really be any excuses. But back then it was like, well, the only thing open at 4 a.m. is diner. And so I guess I'll eat a pancake, like a dry pancake. If I don't put butter on it, then that's not as bad. And so there was a period of time where I was eating dairy products again. But uh, happily, it was short and I've been back into being vegan for a quite a long time but my family definitely was not like we were a very you know midwestern like burgers you know and hot dogs kind of a family so but i was lucky that when i did get into it as as a high schooler that my mom was pretty cool about trying to make things for
0: me. Well, how's your family? Cause so I'm from Michigan originally and growing up, I wasn't vegan until like 11 years ago, I think. And it still has my, my family's very into it, but they don't do it on their own. And now I cook for everything. If I'm around them, no one's ever really like, Oh, I made this vegan dish for you. So I love hearing that your mom (laughs) made a dairy free cake. How is it with your family? Is anyone in your family vegan now? I mean, you have a, a very high presence in the vegan community. So are they, are they into it? Do they dig it? Or are they kind of like, yeah, whatever, that's her thing?
2: Yeah, well I do. Um my cousin Allison is the other vegan in my family and um she lives in the Twin Cities, so she's the lucky girl and gets to go to the herbivorous butcher and yes. all that good stuff. Um I feel like we probably Allison and you and I probably all have a lot of friends in common because <laughs> of that connection. Um but my family's really cool. Like my my mom gets it. My sister gets it. We actually had a completely vegan Thanksgiving the last time that we all yes. had Thanksgiving together. Yeah, they're like, they're amazing. I can't. And even like my extended family, we went to um, St. Louis a few years ago also for Thanksgiving. And my cousins were like, bringing me things that they, like one of my cousins found Heidi Ho cheese at Whole Foods and was like really excited for us to all try it. And so I'm, I'm really lucky. My family is not only like not, um, they don't try to sabotage me in the way that I've, I've had a lot of friends say their families have, but they're actually like really interested in it. And while they may not be vegan themselves, like they're really open to it and, really cool
0: about it it's so crazy to me that you say vegan thanksgiving i offered up a couple years ago to my family i was visiting like two weeks before thanksgiving and i said hey can we all get together i said and i will do the the whole spread i will make a completely vegan thanksgiving for the whole family and they were like oh yeah yeah sure and then like days before they were like so we're gonna get a turkey and i was like man Ah. I was like, you guys are going to have your Thanksgiving in two weeks. I'm like, I'm just trying to offer up this plant-based Thanksgiving. Like there's always, a- my mom has asked me to make a turkey up until like a year ago. Like if I'm home for Thanksgiving, <laughs> she's like, okay, will you help with the turkey? And I'm like, I don't think you're really understanding where this is coming from at this point. Right. <laughs> um, so it's always interesting to see how, for me to see how other people's families sort of, uh, you know, either they they lean into it or, you know, they're they they think it's, they're allergic to it. I don't know, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I- I want to do a little deep dive into... You say a great thing in your book that says you've been fired from more reality TV shows than you can imagine. Well, first of all, you were the winner of the Perfect 3 Cooking Channel contest. So you had a winning cupcake recipe, the banana bread French toast cupcake, which is actually in the Bacon Destroy cookbook. David's here clapping his hands because uh, we made it yesterday. And
2: it. <laughs> Oh, thanks, David.
0: Oh, my gosh. We're having trouble not devouring all of them. I think we'll probably have them uh, <laughs> right after this. Uh, but then and you were also a host on uh the pilot episode of food networks cupcake wars which blows my mind um yeah
2: i was because... i was asked to not return <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that, that was pl- one of one of the many um one of the many times I've been asked to not not
0: return. All right, so TV this show. goes right into it. So let's deep dive into all this because to me, reality television and food is fascinating. And you and I discussed it a little. Um, I had a, everyone. I had a great day with Natalie in Chicago uh, when I was there on my book tour for Epic Vegan. You were so kind. She helped me. I had an appearance on TV. She helped me set everything up, and then she like basically just took me around and gave me the vegan rundown in Chicago, which was amazing. Um, that was really thank fun. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was such a fun day it makes it so much better when i do those things when someone when i get to meet someone like you who is like just happy to share stuff with me and like let me see all that chicago or any city you know in those instances has to offer and i was so grateful for it um but in that you kind of mentioned tv stuff a couple times and i was like i need to learn a little bit more about this so in this been fired for more reality tv shows than you can imagine so you were asked not to return (laughs) why what did you do were you were, were you a salty lady
2: no, it was so it was so funny telling it now that Food Network is what it is and just that and like celebrity chefs being what they are it's like people can't really wrap their brains around it but this was you know this was like close to 10 years ago and they were still kind of running a lot of Iron Chef like there wasn't a lot of original content on Food Network and what they did have was like Bobby Flay and like, you know, pretty conservative t- types of shows. Sure. And so they, the, I'll try to give you the shortest version of the story. I can't, a <laughs> long story, but basically they called me. I had been speaking to a producer, not anything like not related to anything they wanted me for, but it was just somebody that was, was scouting locations in Chicago for a totally unrelated um reality show and had somehow found me and thought that I had a good grasp of, of like places in Chicago that you could shoot things. And so I'd had a chat with her totally nothing to do with food at all about some places that she could shoot this show. And she also happened to be working on this pilot for Food Network, this cupcake competition for Food Network. And they had already been filming a bit of it and just didn't love the chemistry of the judges that they had. So they had Jane, I think her name's Jane Lockhart from Sweet Lady Jane in okay. LA, pretty okay. famous bakery. Um, Candace and she Nelson. She was on
0: yours. She was on your, you're talking, are these the judges that were on the one you, the episode you did?
2: Yeah. Got yeah. You. So okay. they had her, they had Candace Nelson from sprinkles who did end up being a a judge, like for several seasons And they had someone else who I don't know. And it just, for some reason, the three of them, it just wasn't great chemistry. So this person, this producer that I had already had talked to previously called me up one night when I had my son in the bathtub and I was like getting ready to just get, you know, go to work the next day, whatever, called me and was like, explain to me really quickly what was going on. We just need a different dynamic. I think you'd be really great. Can you fly to LA tomorrow oh and stay here a few days and shoot this show? So I of course said yes because that's sure. amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so I went there and, and uh the first thing that happened was one of the one of the producers came to my hotel room and just went through all the clothes I'd brought and um was really concerned about all my tattoos and <gasps> didn't think didn't think that Food Network would like all my tattoos. Uh, and so went out and bought me a long sleeve black shirt to wear oh underneath a dress um, to cover up a lot of my tattoos. And they they actually taped my shirt. They taped it to my collarbone so that my chest tattoos wouldn't show. And they taped it to my wrist so that like the sleeves wouldn't creep up. So, right after I'm the covering fact, my
0: I, face with my palms right now, I'm just I know, I oh my gosh.
2: I mean, think about the chefs that you see on sure. now. and think about the fact that they taped my clothes to my body. Wow.
0: Mind <laughs> I blowing, was
2: physically, really uncomfortable because I was the only one in long sleeves, and it was we were filming in a tent.
0: Oh, yeah, I outside. watched the episode this morning. I was like, That's in a tent, like, what is going on there?
2: Yeah, it was a tent, so it was like really hot, and then there's studio lights inside of it, so it Ugh. was just like so crazy hot. I'm the only one dressed like that, and I'm just feeling bad about myself, just because sure. like, you know, the 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 way I took it was like, your body is too gross for TV, <laughs> we're going to cover it all up, so I just felt really weird, and I didn't, I feel like I didn't really get to be myself in it because that's
0: exactly why you're feeling weird they were not letting you be yourself so of course you're gonna feel strange. you know
2: so and then the few things that I did get to say on screen that I felt like did kind of show some personality and more like observations that I thought were good observations got a lot of them got cut and so like It just was weird. And so when they ended up airing it and the show got picked up, they just, you know, they wrote me a really nice email, like thanking me for my time and just letting me know that they decided to go in another direction with the judges. And like, they didn't have Jane back either. So I I didn't really take it. It wasn't like a major blow to me or anything, but it was just one, uh, there's been, there was another reality show that, was being filmed in Chicago around um there used to be like a punk rock bakery here called Bleeding Heart Bakery. Okay. And the chef from that bakery was always on Food Network. She was in like all of the cake building competitions, she and her husband. And um anyway, this company contacted me and wanted to do a show about my bakery, which did not exist. <laughs> they just <laughs> assumed that I had one based uh-huh. on my blog. And I explained that. I'm familiar. I'm making. familiar. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, people just assume like you get those comments that are like, When yep. I'm when I'm in Chicago, I can't wait to come try your food. And I'm like, <laughs> at my house? Like, what do you <laughs> so anyway, I explained, like, I don't have a bakery actually. And they're like, Oh, maybe you'd want to do a show about opening one. And I was like, No, I don't I don't right? want to open a bakery either. Um so On TV at that. Out. My gosh. Right. So they basically worked it out so that the show took place at this bakery that did exist, and then they just made it up that I worked there. Oh my so, gosh! So, you know, reality. And was this so, Food
0: Network or who was this?
2: It was so I on the show was the um, like the marketing and PR person at the bakery because you know how bakeries have in-house marketing and PR on staff. <laughs>
0: You know, like they do, like they do, you
2: know. And so we filmed, (laughs) we filmed for months. I mean, we filmed for like six months and it was making
0: it up. You were just making it up.
2: Yeah. I mean, they hired, they hired people to play like incompetent employees um, and to get fired. And like, there was all kinds of stupid stuff, but they would often feed us lines And they were usually something that I didn't want to say um, just because it was, like, embarrassing or just whatever. And so I would change the line on the fly. And sometimes that was okay with them. And sometimes we would get into a little, like, standoff about it. And at one point, they wanted me to say, um, we're just a bunch of girls kicking butt and taking names. (laughs) And I wouldn't. <laughs> I was just like, why would I be saying that in this Natalie, moment? Natalie, why at a, wouldn't
0: you say that? My goodness. At a
2: bakery, oh why God. would I say that? And I tried to work with, you know, I was like, well, what if I said this? And they're like, just say the line. What if I said oh. it this way? They're like, just say it. And I just, something happened in my brain where I just couldn't get over it Sure. and I just was like no <laughs> have someone else say it I'm not yeah. saying that and the producer or whoever I don't remember who was telling me what to do at that time but somebody told me um, that if I didn't want to say it that I could leave and I was like okay and I just stood up and like pulled my mic off and he was the guy told me good luck ever working in this business with that attitude. And I was like, I don't, I don't work in this business. <laughs> I'm a, I work at a e-commerce website that sells reusable bags and right. straws. Right. This, this job that I'm doing on your show isn't real. It's and real. I don't want to do this. Like <laughs> I was doing this for fun. So it's not fun anymore and I'm just going to go back to my life. So that's it's, and I've filmed like a few, we talked about this when you were in Chicago, but like a few like sizzle reels for places that thought they had an idea. And I just always get the feedback, like to be bigger and louder. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not big and loud though. So it's really hard for me to do that and feel good about myself. So it's just not for me. I I have a lot of respect for people that, especially when you can watch a show, and someone is really dynamic and it doesn't seem like. I always got feedback like, be more like you know, more like Guy Fieri, Ugh. and no, nothing against uh, him, but sure. I can't. I can't.
0: <laughs> well, no, And that's what I mean. The reason I'm like, oh, is that thing they tell you. It's so funny. In you know, my background's in theater. And often you get the comment of like, well, just be yourself. And in this instance, it's like, just be anything but yourself is what they're telling you. You know, it's right. such a strange world, really. It's truly. weird
2: to me to to find someone's person, you know, to get to know somebody's personality online, whether it's through social media or their writing, or if they do YouTube videos or whatever, and to be drawn to it enough to say, we want you in our project, but then, but then to get that person and be like, but be more like this other person (laughs) who's not in our project. It's just really, so I don't know. I think if it had been part, part of, you know, if it had been a dream of mine ever to to do something like that, I maybe I would be willing to work harder at it and be more flexible. But it was just never. I I've never really been. I don't care if you know if sure. I make like videos or if it's on TV or if it's not on TV. Like, yeah, it really doesn't matter to me. So. I didn't really pursue it that hard, but I've, I but it's funny to be rejected from something that you don't want or care. about.
0: Right. Right. <laughs>
2: it's like in some ways more insulting. Cause I'm just like, I don't, but I don't want this. So quit <laughs> telling me I can't have it.
0: So you're telling me if you really wanted it, you would have said that you're a bunch of girls baking and kicking butt is what you're telling me.
2: Maybe I don't, I mean, I really, <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Cause I didn't care. <laughs>
0: Well, that's all right. I mean, I think you're doing just fine, and we're lucky to have you uh, on the social media channels as we do. You guys, check out our Instagram; it's at uh, Bacon Destroy. Of course, uh, your blog, bacondestroy.com. What I love about the blog is how honest you are. Uh, you just give basic, uh, honest reviews about things. That's not really sugarcoated, and you do it in a funny way that's engaging and entertaining. Um, you've got your Friday Five, which always gives some nice insight to things. Uh, but then you've got this cookbook, AAA, Bake and Destroy. This came out in what? 2013? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, long time. And so I first discovered you, I had seen the cookbook and then you commented, you commented somewhere on something on mine on on Instagram I think and then I got the cookbook and I made something and then I looked at it closer. You made a comment on a uh, stuffing muffin that I did. And you were like, Oh, my God, we're sharing the same brain. And I was like, what is she talking about? We both like crazy food, I guess. And then I looked at your books some more, and my mind was blown. Um, <laughs> you know, I get cookbooks, I flip through cook and a, quick, and I, I make something usually, and then I kind of, it's one of the reasons I'm doing the podcast to dive more into the books that I've gotten. Um, because I tell you already, just Reading from the intro in the beginning, one of the things I love is that you know you talk about cookbooks being bossy and they're telling you how to make the best cupcake and the ultimate cornbread, um, but you have a natural aversion to being told what to do. So it inspired you to start bake and destroy, so you can inspire people to try new things in the kitchen, um, and that's sort of what I think about too. I want to eliminate the stress for people. I feel like people get caught up in that, and I feel like you've done that with this book, and that was your intention, right?
2: It was, and I think. I mean, it's the same reason why I really love your books and why I became a fan of yours too, because it's not, a, a cookbook doesn't have to be a rule book. It's, I, I like a cookbook to be um, inspirational and a suggestion and maybe like some foundations. And then once you have an idea of like how this thing can come together, then like, sure, you don't like mushrooms then leave them out or if you like it spicier then make it spicier it can it can be whatever you want it doesn't have to be um so fussy and i i find the same thing to be true about your recipes like they can sure you can do the whole every step of the way you can make the crab rangoon pizza like beginning to end and it's going to be really fun and it's going to be really awesome but you can also like shortcut here shortcut there throw something else in there and you didn't ruin it. It's going to be just
0: as good. It kind of, I like people to have the the feeling that they can, if you look at something and you're like, oh, well, that has black olives and I don't like black olives. Well, then take them out and put green olives in or don't use them <laughs> at all. Like don't use olives then, you know? Um, right. And I, I enjoy sort of um, your approach at giving people the freedom to do stuff like that. It's original vegan recipes influenced by punk rock, heavy metal, junk food, and maybe a bit of pro wrestling. Speaking of pro wrestling, I'm looking at the forward right now and I'm just, um, this, he is hot. CM Punk, you guys. There's a picture in Natalie's book <laughs> of this man who wrote the forward and he's wearing his wrestling gear. And I'm telling you, good stuff. Good stuff in this forward. <laughs> right, right straight away, you're giving us some eye candy, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, I figure if I can't if I can't lure you in with cupcakes, what about what about this wrestler? What about his... this
0: hot wrestling picture here? <laughs> Well, and then we turn it and we've got a foxy picture of you as well. So, I mean, you're covering us on all angles. Um, <laughs> I've, I've talked to you about this before. I love the design of this book. I think it's so thought out and it's so in line with your blog. Um, and you've got all these great photographs in it of yourself, but of the food as well. But I love seeing you in this book because the book, you have such a specific influence with the, you know, heavy metal, punk rock, wrestling, all that stuff. It's great to see the person behind the recipes. I'm really uh, impressed on how it all came together with all the illustrations and everything as well. Uh, now, you did this book come about because you had won the contest on Perfect Three?
2: Um, yeah, in a way, I I had after that happened. Well, after Food Network, and then later after Cooking Channel, I had a lot of places, um, a lot of publishers approaching me to write specific books that they already kind of ah. wanted. You know, like, oh, we want to do a punk rock cupcake book or we want to do, you know, and it was like, I really didn't have any interest in doing any of those things, especially because my, my kind of interest, like, for instance, the punk rock cupcake cookbook, I didn't say no right away. And they wanted me to come up with a few ideas and the ideas that I pitched them were based on punk bands that I like And they didn't know who they were. (laughs) So,
0: Ah. you know,
2: they came back and said, well, we were thinking more like this one's a Clash one and this one is the Ramones and this one is the Sex Pistols. I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have someone else write that book because that's not really (laughs) my I would really have to, like, do some research to know more about those bands. I, I didn't listen to them growing up. so." So I had a lot of that happening and I just really didn't think it was ever going to happen. And, um, uh, actually it was Julie Hassan from Portland. She's written a bunch of books. Um, she one day out of nowhere, just like sent me a message on Facebook and said, have you ever thought about writing a cookbook? And I said, sure. But I just, I don't think I ever will, you know? And she said, well, my, my agent's really great. My literary agent's really awesome. And I think that she could help you do the book you want to do. Cause I had been pretty open about my frustrations with like, you know, just getting um, these really lame ideas thrown my way or getting an idea that could have been cool. And then having somebody just like really neuter it. So Julie knew that I had been kind of going through this process. So she put me in touch with her agent, Sally Eckes, who, um, you know, I had a few phone calls with her and she looked at a lot of my writing and looked at a lot of the, at the, you know, the videos I'd done and had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do and um, walked me through the whole process of like writing a proposal for my dream book. And I did all the, all the work that's like, I think really important to do if you are going to write a cookbook, which is like, look at the competitive landscape. Like you yep. might think nobody has done a, a wrestling donut book, but sure. you're probably wrong. So right, right. Look, look at what's out there. Think really hard about what you can offer that's different and like what, you know, just like spend some time on that and, um, and really spend time thinking about what you want it to look like, like what you want it to feel like, what you want everything like what type of photography and so she helped me a lot with that process and i i ended up with um with an idea of doing really like a really eclectic and kind of goofy like i knew i wanted a lot of of i my idea for the illustrations was kind of like on sesame street there used to be that one like music video of uh of like a juice cup with like a little guy animated on it. And it was like, I wish I could remember the song. It was like something little super guy (laughs) before (laughs) your eyes (sighs) like that. So I, I like describe that. Like I want there to be like illustrations over the photographs and I want there to be little doodles everywhere. And just like, I just kind of like laid it all out. And, um, we just pushed and pushed until we found a publisher that was just jazzed on the idea. Like I, I had a lot of calls and a lot of meetings with publishers that were like, what if it was this or what if it was that? Or, you know, like they really kind of had their own, like wanted to shape it their own way. Or like I had one publisher that liked the whole idea, except that he already had a tattooed Baker. That's what he said we already have one so wow <laughs> and i looked at the was it a female the titles yeah they had I I, they had like a you know like a, a girl in portland with tattoos who did gotcha. a, a baking book and so gotcha. they felt like they'd already done that and i looked at um looked at her body of work and i looked at like their whole their whole catalog and they had published like A lot of big names, like they had a lot of Paula Deen books and they had a lot of like, you know, just like a lot of like, Ina Garden books and stuff. And I made this whole chart, like comparing myself with their other baker and what kind of stuff she does, what kind of stuff I do and like. And then also pointed out to them that they had kind of a lot of older white ladies doing similar things sure. that didn't seem to bother them. And I sent it to them directly and they were really mad about it and told, and my agent had to call me and tell me never to do that again in a really nice way. But you know, she was like, hey. <laughs> maybe don't make sassy charts and send them to publishers oh
0: my gosh I love you so much I mean (laughs) honestly these are the things I I've um over the last year getting to know you that I enjoy the most is sort of yeah I mean you just have a direct approach that's very like okay well here's the logistics on that so can you tell me why
2: again yeah I mean that's what I just wanted to know like I compared our tattoos. I was like, she has like three triangles on her forearm and I have, a I have a neck tattoo. Like what? Um, but then we finally found page street and they, you know, they honestly were just like, yeah, wrestling, punk, 80s television shows, weird shit. A part about birds eating your plate. We, It's all great. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> and the, the, literally the only they had two edits to the whole book which is amazing phil had originally concluded his forward with the words f cookbooks because there's a story that's on a dvd about him that the wwe put out where one of one of the like bonus features because like I was in a CBD is a part where I'm telling the camera crew a story about Easter. Phil was at my house. My mom made him an Easter basket and gave it to him. And he said, F Easter to my mom. <laughs> and she was really offended. But now <laughs> that's what my family all says to each other on Easter. <laughs> Everybody all texts F Easter to each other. And the point of the story was just that Phil can be really like he's not for everyone and he sure. does whatever he wants and he can be really abrasive but in the at the end of the day he's so charming that it's like all of those things that actually make him make people really love him so what was like a really offensive thing to say to my mom became my family's official easter greeting and so <laughs> he signed his intro to my book F Cookbooks, as like uh, a little nod to that. Sure. But of course, if you don't know the story, it's right. a weird way to end a
1: right. end
2: something. So they were like, they got rid of that. And then there was just like one other tiny thing that I said that was like maybe a little bit too um, it was like a little sexually suggestive. and they're like, maybe that's not how to word it. So it was. <laughs> But really, of the whole book, for those to be the two things, I was like really impressed by them. Um, Just how that they were willing to make like a really weird book, like for the time. It was a really weird book. You oh, know?
0: listen, that's the the interesting thing about this is when you and I first started talking and then when I really started looking at this book, I started, I saw it right after I had finished the manuscript for Epic Vegan. And I thought in my brain, I'm like, well, why the hell did I write Epic Vegan? This has already been done. Like this, <laughs> you know, th- that's, no. this is like the first version of that. It's, it's amazing, you know? It's like all these sweet and savory combinations and sort of like, you know, junk foodie things That are going to make people go, what? Like a Chico stick cheesecake? Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, I I think,
2: I feel like my, I, yeah, I feel like in a way mine, my go of it was like, you know, like the kind of like the home cook, like version of it. And you, when I, when I saw Epic Vegan, I was like, oh, this is like what I wanted to do, you know, but I'm not, my background is really, um you know i am a home cook i'm not trained in any way so i i feel like you you took that same like let's just go big and get weird and like put weird stuff together but you have a really good background that like kind of helps to like make all of those things like really really work and i think that's why your recipes are can also be pulled apart and used in different ways the way they can whereas you might not be able to do that with so many of mine cuz they kind of rely on each other to to work more like they don't necessarily stand alone and so i i feel like you and i have the same like idea and we both we both like you know like have fun and try to sure. just like get really weird but we have it's just like really different approaches well so I always I think,
0: think about if 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 we were to write one together I'm just tear. I would just have to say I'm not eating the right food for the next year I'm just gonna gain 20 pounds and I'm just gonna <laughs> test everything that Natalie and I can think of to come up with together um because it would just be yeah it, it would be amazing but it would be crazy I think
2: it's that skit the Saturday Night Live skit where it's like a
0: taco wrapped in a pizza, like right. wrapped in a <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: calzone
2: in a yes. bag full of chili. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yes. I haven't even seen that skip, but that's exactly what this is. I'll, I'll
2: just send it to you because it's like, i that's how I always think of like both of our ideas where it's like, it starts, listen, it starts as a cake, but hear me out. <laughs> it ends up
0: that's exactly as right. a
2: casserole with a milkshake oh my god (laughs) now stick with me
0: stick with me stick with me we're (laughs) gonna do this i mean the one the one of the things i love though um Yours is very approachable. I feel like it's um. I I often people look at Epic and they're like, oh, but this and that, and that's when I have to go into the thing where you kind of just said where you're like, no, you can pull it apart. You can make one this or one that. But all of your stuff, it's very approachable. French fry tacos, green bean casserole, pizza, you know, spaghetti cake with Grandma Sharon's hater proof sauce, like. It's all of these. Oh, and one of my favorites is the pizza cupcakes. Like, I'm over the moon for them. I think any form you can put pizza in is amazing. So I'm always, (laughs) always here for it. What's your favorite recipe in this book, if you had to pick one? Which is always a crazy-ass question.
2: Yeah, well, I really... um, The taco lasagna is something that Um, I actually,
0: like, make on a regular basis. I just saw that, and I was like, oh, I need to make this, like, tomorrow.
2: It's one that, like it's you know same thing like people I I never wanted anyone to look at that and say like I don't I don't like mushrooms like that's fine leave them out like put seitan in or don't or whatever like it doesn't you know just it doesn't have to be Listen, you're making a taco lasagna. Nothing about this is
0: serious. <laughs> that's exactly just right, though. do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, take the take the seriousness out of it and just have some fun in the kitchen.
2: Yeah, well, I liked that a lot too. Like, I you know I got in touch with you to see if we could serve a dish from Epic Vegan at Upton's Breakroom in Chicago because I thought it would be fun to have a special on the menu when you were in town, and like, I was really I was really happy that you had that same attitude. Like we, you know, in a restaurant, you kind of have to work with what you have and you don't want to ever have a dish that requires a lot of ingredients that you're right. not going to use in any sure. other way. So like we made your breakfast nachos, which is still one of our most successful specials that we've ever run. People really loved it. Oh my it gosh. Was just, yeah. That just I made my know, I world. You that, but yeah, it was. <laughs> uh. But yeah, it was, it was just cool that you were like, yeah, you can, you know, like I asked you like, would it be okay if we did this instead of that? Or, you know, and you're just like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It's breakfast nachos.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> right? It's like nachos. First of all, nachos, period. Like, oh my gosh, can't go wrong. You got tachos in this book too. Well, so taco lasagna, and that's the coolest thing about this too. I wanna clarify that for everyone. It's called Bake and Destroy, but it's not just about sweet baked goods. Clearly, all the things we've said, there's a lot of savory items in here for everybody to sort of sink their teeth into. Um, which is a really great addition. There's a barbecue salad in here, isn't there? I made I believe I made one from here once. I gotta look and isn't there a barbecue salad in here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, barbecue salad. So even if you want to get some greens in, there's stuff to get there. Um, I'm gonna ask you a specific question about a favorite. What's your favorite? I think you and I, I looking at your book, there's a whole pizza chapter in epic. So then looking at this, there's pizzas peppered throughout this. What's your favorite pizza from this book from Bake and Destroy?
2: Oh, um, I think the that's a tough one. I've I've probably made the green bean casserole one the most. Um mm
0: because
2: it's kind of a fun one to bring for the holidays.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to do that.
2: But I don't know. The breakfast one is really good, too, just because it has a biscuit crust, and I love biscuits.
0: Well, so see, that's exactly... You and I, that's when this got weird, because there's a deep-dish brunch breakfast pizza or brunch, deep dish brunch pizza and epic vegan. And so I had written this book and then I'm flipping through yours and that's when you had commented on the stuffing muffin. And then I looked in yours and there's a stuffing muffin. Now, both of ours are totally different. Actually, I've looked at the recipes and they're both totally different, but I was like, Oh my gosh, we are thinking from the same brain. This is insane.
2: Yeah. we (laughs) It's funny because the way, the way that I found you was Laura from the first butcher um, emailed me and was like, uh, she wanted to know if the company I was working for at the time, I Heart Quinoa, wanted to work with you to promote your first book.
0: Sweet, um, Angel. How sweet of her to do that. That's so kind. And she was like,
2: plus, I don't know if you know Dustin, but I think you guys will really get along Um it just seems like you have like similar approaches or she said something like that where she was just like, I really think you would like him. So I started following you and you, you know, like your first book had just come out, but you were like already working on Epic. So you were like posting a lot of your, um, like your tests crazy and things stuff. Like that. basically. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Whoa, 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 Whoa. Yeah. Like this is all stuff I want. Like,
0: this is great. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I couldn't help myself. There were a few times where I was like, get out when Crazy. I would see the things you made. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I love funny. it. <laughs>
0: That's great. It's so great. I love this book, you guys. It's honestly... I will say, for me, this type of book, it's one of those ones you can just come back to again and again. I would say it's the only cookbook you ever need, but I think everyone needs to buy several cookbooks. But what I reason I would say that about a book like this is because there is such a huge variety in it for people. You're not just giving a straightforward, you know, here's a, a side dish chapter and here's this. If it's a side dish, it's a side dish that's exciting. So it's either you're going to return to it again, or you can make it a different way to suit your taste, as we've discussed a lot in this already. Um, so I think there's like so many ways to use this book so i really hope people get out and buy it and also take a look at uh you know bakeanddestroy.com, of force of course um but really really um just buy the book y'all bake and destroy it's fantastic are you up <laughs> for some rapid fire questions natalie yeah sure all right we're gonna do a daily dozen of rapid fire questions with you <laughs> baking oh boy. all right here we go a celebrity you would love to bake for Oh, my gosh.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody I really love.
0: Um, it's not Rhonda. We know that.
2: Yeah, not Rhonda. I think maybe <laughs> maybe Trixie Mattel. Oh, yes. Oh, I my gosh. I've been watching yeah. so much because Trixie's been making a lot of YouTube videos, which sure. is really great because there's nothing to do right now. So yep. it's so nice. That there's something new all the time, and I watched the documentary that I was just, just came ask. Out. the
0: moving parts,
2: yes yeah, moving yeah parts. we watched and it I'm just too,, like, oh, I just really love her, I don't yeah. know, I think it's you know like midwesterners we're all drawn to each other, I just sure, like, a big part of it has to be that, but I don't know, I just really love her, so I was
0: a little unsatisfied in that movie with David and I b- both were when it was over how we didn't really get the resolve with Katya and bless yeah, personal life. And like, I don't necessarily need to know it ain't my business, but at the same time you put a portion of it in the documentary and then you didn't resolve with me. Like you just kind of saw them back together. And I was like, but
2: wait, that's true. What she happened? was just kind of sitting there at the end and it was yeah. like, well, did she apologize or right. what happened? Yeah. What
0: happened here?
2: Yeah. Sorry, I rapid agree. fire,
0: but I was ready to go on about Drag Race. Could talk about it? Well, I
2: mean, if Katya also wanted to
0: eat some cupcakes
2: with me, that I would be fine with that hey, also.
0: 100, <laughs> 100%. So we're going to get back to your rapid fire. So that was Celebrity You Would Love to Bake For, and it was Trixie Mattel. Now, midnight snack.
2: Um, midnight snack. I think just like cereal. I love a bowl of cereal.
0: Fantastic. My only problem with cereal is that I can't stop. Like I have a little bit and I'm like, I want so much more, um, <laughs> baked or fried.
2: Um, baked.
0: Yeah, girl. Uh, cupcake or donut. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Probably donut because <laughs> I don't make donuts. So all right, all right. I'm, more, I'm more excited about it. Donut. I
0: hear you? Uh, food on a skewer or on a tiny spoon. Oh, God. On a skewer, I think. <laughs> Would you rather never cook again or never taste again?
2: Mm, I guess never cook.
0: All right. All right. Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper?
2: Oh, boy. Brad Pitt, I think.
0: There you go. Uh, favorite kitchen tool?
2: Um, I use it all the time.
0: Just like a good knife. Yes. Uh, hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Barbecue sauce. Now, what was your first... I have it first job in food, but actually I want to know, what was your first job? Maybe it wasn't um,
2: Well, it kind of was because I was a hostess at Baker Square, which is a go. restaurant chain here. <laughs> All right. Okay.
0: And then... I was-
2: not okay. involved in cooking anything, although sometimes I did <laughs> defrost the pies.
0: There you go. That was, that was, and that is where it all began. <laughs> um, favorite ingredient to cook with?
2: Um, ooh, ginger.
0: Ah, yes. And breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Oh, breakfast for dinner, for sure. Yes, 100%. Me too. Now we're going to end things on a little something we like to call book brag. Book, book brag! So I would like for you, if you can, in this show moment to brag. Um, but just tell us something that you're most proud of when it comes to the Bake and Destroy cookbook.
2: Okay. Um, the, I think I'm most proud of just how many of my friends I got to involve in the process. The illustrations were done by my friend Agnes, the like the crockery that you see in there with my logos on it was made by my friends Nancy and Andy at Circa Ceramics. Um, obviously, my friend wrote the intro. The little doodles were all done by my friend Amanda and her sister, and the photography was done by my friend Sean. So it was just like fun to be able to collaborate with a bunch of people that I really like and. Um, especially to be able to work with my friends and pay them because sure. a lot of times yeah. when you're like, Oh, my friend's a really great photographer. Like that doesn't translate into like, I'll pay you money to do right. this. <laughs> right. But in this case it did. So that, I think that was like, that's the part that I like the most about it.
0: I love that. I'm uh, on Epic Vegan. I was able to have my friend Ashley do the photography for it and it was so cool. The, just like you're saying, to have someone you know working on it with, to be able to collaborate with someone that you respect and that you're friends with, and now she's doing the photos for the next epic vegan book. So I'm totally oh yeah. Um, well, the now, photos were great. So ah, thank you. I love them. And she's so talented. So I feel very fortunate that she's got the time to do it. Um, speaking of second books, uh, you just did something when CoronaGate started. You released a bunch of recipes that from the sounds of it, you were saving for a second book. And you kind of said, well, I guess these just aren't going to go into a book. I'm going to give them out for free. Does that mean we're not getting a second Bacon Destroy book?
2: Oh, I don't know. I I was just telling my husband that like um I'm I'm still working, fortunately. So, I'm sure. able to work from home. Um if I wasn't, this is probably when I would be working on a second book just cuz right. I like I don't know when I would ever have this much time at home again, but um I don't know. I don't I don't know if I have it in me as it, i it's a as you know it's a lot of work and oh and then, like when you get done with all of the the recipes and the testing and all that kind of stuff, then there's like all the work of promoting it, and yeah. it's just it's a lot to do, and if your heart isn't in it, which right now mine I don't think would be, I don't think any part of it would be fun, so I think I'd rather just like keep doing what I'm doing. And if something changes and all of a sudden I feel like I've got a whole like 90 recipes in me that can all be released in book form, then great. But if not, then I'm perfectly happy making things up and putting them in my Instagram stories for people to try.
0: Well, as I was going to say, that's the best part. It's not like we're lost on recipes from you. Thankfully, there's bacondestroy.com and at bacondestroy on Instagram. Well, how many recipes did you give away for free then when you did that? How many did you post?
2: Well, so actually, what I posted was my original um, <gasps> manuscript for Bacon Destroy.
0: Oh my gosh. So that is amazing.
2: There are typos.
0: Hey, Um, (laughs) I'm here for it.
2: Oh, what do you mean? You're a real human? Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, I am a real human. Um, yeah. And it's like, there aren't any photos. Like it's literally just a giant word doc of recipes, but I had been hanging on to it because, um, you know, I, my, my publisher is like, I got the rights back to all the things I wrote and I'm, I'm free to like, I was thinking I would like rework a lot of them and add a bunch of new stuff and whatever and do something new with all that info. And then like all this stuff happened and I noticed that people were like at home cooking a lot and I was getting a lot more questions about how to make things. And I was just like, why don't you just have this? Like it's just sitting in my Google Drive, like I'll just put it on the internet. So I was really excited to see that people downloaded it and were trying new things and um you can still if you want all the photos if you want the picture of cm Punk in his underwear if you want like you know all that good stuff like there are still copies of the book floating around like you can find it on amazon but if you just want to try a weird recipe like you can just download the whole thing for
0: free i say go buy the book y'all <laughs> But I love it. Thank you for those gifts. Thank you for being you. I'm, I'm so grateful to know you, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today.
2: It was great to talk to you. I miss you. I can't wait to come visit.
1: Baked Big Ten
0: Natalie Slater! We love her to pieces. Just the best. Just the
1: best. Uh, and what we did listen doll. to that um, L7 song. Oh, we sure did. And it checks out. It's a perfect entrance song perfect. to walk into a wrestling arena.
0: Yeah, it is. And I emailed her after. I said, oh my God, I forgot to answer mine. Mine is Fancy by Reba McIntyre. That's how I would enter the um, the ring. And she was like, that just got kind of dark. And I was like, oh, well, like not for the sex working aspect of it. Not that that would be bad, but more for the um, like the... My name would be Fancy. If I were a wrestler...
1: That's really... I'd fancy myself a Fancy. fancy.
0: Yep, I'd just name myself Fancy. And then that great song would be playing when I came out. I think it would be amazing. Or the remix, which is on the 30th anniversary re-release of her album, Rumor Has It. Just saying. If you're a Reba nerd like
1: me, you're going to get it.
0: You're going to be into it. Anyway, (laughs) David, what would your song be,
1: Entering the Arena? I think it would be... Actually... Someday
0: okay. my prince will come.
1: Yeah, that's that's very very ah. wrestling. Um, can
0: we get in trouble for horn mouthing stuff? Oh uh, wait, we might
1: be able to. I don't. What well, is that's that? only if anyone can tell what that We're was. Living together. I just would like the intro of that what song. Is that? I don't know. What is that song? Oh, I just got that. Oh, Final out. Countdown. It's the Final Countdown. Yeah, so okay. So my official answer would be the the, the intro music. I don't even need lyrics. Though the lyrics are pretty great. It's to Final Countdown. I love, that. I love that journey for you. This is just horns. Oh, oh, uh, what do we got for this week? Dustin's a dish. So what's your what's your tip for the listeners this week what's dustin's dish? i think
0: you just like saying dustin's dish yeah i think you like a good uh
1: d's dish w-
0: <laughs> listen we so we talk about opening a food situation constant i'm not going to tell you any names i'm not going to give any of our ideas away right now but david when he's coming up with names for potential food endeavors for us it's half eye rollable i and play with it's words. half amazing mm-hmm and
1: he's brilliant, so... He may roll his eyes, but eventually he's I like, know, right? But it might You know be, what? That does sound
0: good. I probably roll my eyes at the moneymaker ideas, which is the thing, because that's David. He's full of ideas. But Dustin's dish this week. Listen, bake your tofu or air fry it. Whoa? But Yes! Uh, but wait, whole thing
1: shouldn't I press it?
0: Oh, I was just going to say. This whole thing about pressing tofu, tofu, guys, I can't stand doing it. It's time-consuming. If you don't have a tofu press, it takes up a bunch of paper towels. Though, if you do like to press it, get a tofu press. I've had one... Um, for several years that I got as a birthday gift, and I love it, but I still don't like pressing tofu because of the time it takes to do it. So what's my fix? Just bake that sucker, cut it into cubes or slices or whatever you need and bake it, toss it in a little oil or not, if you're an oil-free type of person, and put some parchment paper on a pan, Uh, maybe toss it in your favorite spices or some nutritional yeast, salt, pepper, Italian Mm. seasoning, that's what I like to do with it, and then I put it in in the oven at 4.15 for eight minutes, and then I flip those suckers, and I bake for about eight to ten more minutes until the outside is all browned and crispy or i do it in an air fryer love this an air fryer we love it love it
1: we love an air fryer
0: 380 for seven minutes and then i toss it all around and then i bake it for our air fry it for another eight minutes until again it's crispy and brown on the outside with little pillows of heaven on the inside mm-hmm. uh and just forget about the pressing go right to baking or air frying no muss no fuss
1: so um if i'm not mistaken that's is that the cheesy tofu that you make for me
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah that's the uh, um it's, in, it's the, in your book right yeah 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 the cheesy the next book so it's in the, the cheesy herbed baked tofu uh that exact recipe is going to be the next book epic vegan quick and so easy good. but that actually came from a recipe in simply vegan that i've now just elevated and revised a little bit the one in simply vegan is like a feta tofu and it's in all this marinade of stuff but what i did was i took it and then i baked it and we've got this like really tasty uh cheesy herbed, baked tofu now we we love it love it love it
1: guys it's it's i wish i wish i could feed it to you through (laughs) the pod (laughs) like just right now because it's so good it's like just you toss it on like anything like salads or like Mm -hmm. a bowl yeah um it's just hard to to keep it in the fridge because you can even just like snack just on it. We just snack on is. it. Yeah, yeah, I need
0: to start making double batches. Speaking of tofu recipes, though, I bet there are several in these cookbooks we want to give away for free, including Ooh. a copy of Bacon Destroy by Natalie Slater. David, please tell people how they can enter to win free cookbooks.
1: Well, it is super easy. We just need your top-notch rating uh, review on Apple Podcasts so for the next six weeks until November 10th. It's very important in this early time for a new podcast to please head over to Keep On Cooking and pod on apple podcast and rate review and subscribe for your chance to win a free cookbook every person who rates and reviews do both please uh will be entered in a raffle for a cookbook so you should do it and get everybody that you know uh to do it uh everybody has a chance if they rate and review um, yeah,
0: send the podcast to Aunt Fanny. She's not doing anything. Get her to rate and review.
1: Get old Aunt Fanny. Um, your views do help, and it's greatly appreciated since we are a new podcast. Uh, and we have Dustin's Cookbooks, is one of them to give away. We also have this one, Bacon Destroy by Natalie Slater, to give Quick away. And easy
0: Vegan Comfort Foods by Alicia Simpson. But I Could Never Go Vegan by Christy Turner. Chloe Flavor by Chloe Cascarelli. Ageless Vegan by Tracy McQuarter. The Homemade Vegan Pantry by Miyoko Shinna, and so many more. We have about 20 cookbooks in all to give away so enter to win by rating reviewing and subscribing on apple podcast
1: and we really do appreciate you guys taking your time to listen today uh we know it's valuable uh we know your time's valuable and there's lots of things you could be putting in your ears so we're glad it's us.
0: Yes, we are glad it's us. Uh, one more thing. Please get out and register to vote. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the Vegan TheVeganRhodi and find out more about us and the podcast at veganrody.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you next Tuesday. Keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>